Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Are conversations every entrepreneur should have, especially if you want to support yourself, build a thriving business, and not burn out. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about uh, uh, conversations <laughs> about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. There are three hosts on the show. I'm one of them. Lucky me. Your hosts are. Uh, if we were the bi- if we were the village people. Uh, I'd be the Indian one. <laughs> Barrett would be the biker dude, and Corbett would be the cowboy. That one comes from Tyson Starling. He didn't even he didn't even feel like he needed to qualify I, any of those. He's just like this. There it is. <laughs> uh, listen on the show today. Every one of us entrepreneurs wants our business to be more popular. We want more eyes on our website and more love for our product, and yet. Uh, we also want to do good work. You know, used, time used to be when businesses uh, were able to just make, package, and sell total shit and still be profitable. But today, however, uh, the relationship with the audience uh, is far too important. You sell one piece of crap and betray the confidence of your audience, and you, you might find yourself just up the old, uh, the old creek without a paddle. So when we're bootstrapping and making our own articles, podcasts, ebooks, products, uh, insert your thing here, whatever you make, it's a constant struggle to balance good work with work that might be, that, that gets popular, right? And in this episode, we share exactly how we do, we sort of uh, balance, uh, try to walk that path here at Fizzle. It's a great introduction to the topic, so enjoy. You know, in this episode, we actually had some Skype problems, and so Barrett like wasn't able to join until the end, but <laughs> listener... And I just say, when we do hear from Barrett, boy, is it good. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 87. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Okay, good. You know, when we were in the coffee shop and I asked the barista if he was listening to the Bare Naked Ladies, I was serious for a second. I mean, it was loud in there. I couldn't really hear and I, I thought he was listening to the Bare Naked Ladies, and I wasn't going to judge, <laughs> but he judged me right back oh. because he was actually listening to some classic Bob well, Dylan. Well, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Uh, you clearly were coming from a different cultural uh, zeitgeist. I guess. <laughs> because where you come Not from- Not that I had heard the Bare Naked Ladies <laughs> in 20 years or something. I'm just saying, like- Where you come from, it's okay to be listening to the Bare Naked Ladies. The dude got seriously bummed out. Clearly where he he's like, coming from. He was like, you're kidding, from. right? It's nope. not okay to listen to the bare naked ladies. No, and then he lectured us about Bob Dylan. And he's there. like, uh, no, he's like the kind of guy that's like, who are you listening to? He doesn't even say the artist. He just says like the album. He yeah. says like, uh, this yeah, is some kind of blue. This is the 30s <laughs> track. <laughs> it's something like that. Listen, guys, uh, today on the show, I thought we would talk. Our last episode, people liked it a, a lot. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people. Yeah. Uh, liking just this. Some people who said they had listened to every episode. Yeah. Or maybe one person. I don't want to generalize here, yeah. but at least one person said, I've listened to every episode and that by far was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I really like the episode as well. I, I just like that tip so much about finding, uh, uh, for me, it was literally sort of like the, uh, the closing the chapter on like why I've felt so weird for the last, 12 months trying to write content mm. uh, online is because I haven't been able to, to effectively um, articulate the challenge that I have with, I want to make things 
and, and then this other part of me that's like, I want those things to be popular. I want those things to work. I want those things to get big. Yeah. Right. And these two parts of my brain weren't talking to one another. So I would have like artist me going like, who am I? What am I here for? And like, what is the point of life? And what is happiness anyways? And let's try drugs. And then there's another part of me that's like, I have a job. We got to pay the bills. Like I, I fancy myself an entrepreneur and, and not an artist. So like, But what, those two were at odds and it was just causing you strife. It was because, because the constant ping ponging. Back and forth. Like, it's like one, on, on the beginning part of the day, I might be trying to create things. And at the end of the, the day, I might be trying to make other things big and never really trying to make things that could get big. Right. And to me, I think the challenge of, of our space right now is creating good things that are immensely valuable. You know, the old adage, everybody, you ask anybody online, hey, what should I do? I want to be like a business guy. Like, I want to, you know, do a business and make money. What should I do? Well, you should just make really great stuff. Be so good they can't ignore you. Make valuable content. Right up and Make something for someone's hole. Right? All of these things. All of these adages, which is literally the best advice I could give you. I was hearing, I listened to an interview, I can't even remember who with uh, recently, someone who's like uh, vastly successful. And uh, she was saying something like, if I could give advice to anybody who's like starting out in small business right now, I would, I would say, um, take your time, allow it to take time and, and just focus on making the good work because your work will continue to stand year after year after year after year. And that is the, that is the basis for your relationship with your audience. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That's your business. That is what your business is. Anyway. So I just hear this over and over and over again, but it's also like this lip service thing where it's really easy to give that advice and it's real easy to hear it, but it's really difficult for me to take that and actually turn it into something actionable because of this huge challenge that we all suffer with, with our, our own, uh, uh, basically our own cultural uh, uh, narcissism, which looks like me getting online and going, me, 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 oh, right. what could I write? Oh, I could write this. Oh, this is the kind of thing I could do. Oh, look what I could write. Well, right? and to say to make something good that's so subjective it's like tough. what the hell is the word good even yeah. mean right yeah so depends on your definition of what the word is is yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> well uh the verb to be uh is uh famously one of the first verbs that a lot of people end up learning uh it is uh, uh dormir in spanish uh <laughs> oh really yeah and uh <laughs> Uh, to be uh, and uh, the latin word uh, the the root of that word in spanish the latin word uh, sleep is in fact uh, the, 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 the basis of uh, the concept of being so in some ways what you are is a sleeper uh, and i i think uh, that is a sort of beautiful poetry in hey, the whole by thing. the way i i love that we haven't spoken to barrett in like a week and you literally hit play on skype <laughs> And then we just start podcasting. We didn't say, hey, man, nice to chat with you. How's it going? Happy New Year. Segments. Nothing. Segments. I'm running in segments. <laughs> we, hear that, that, that we, we hear this advice. We know that we want to make good stuff. We know that this is the stuff that our business will, uh, will uh, sur- survive and, and last through. We know that this is our job as, as uh, web people is to create the things that someone, that's going to that's gonna solve someone's problem out there, right? Now, last episode, we talked about a great little research trick to get into uh, understanding. Uh, basically, it's researching content ideas. 
And I just did a, I, I did the, the thing we talked about in the last episode. So if you, if you haven't listened to it, I think it was episode 86, I think. So fizzleshow.co slash 86. Pre-required listening before you, you get into this conversation. Um, so go do that now. Pause us and go do that now. And if you're not already subscribed to the show, come on, what are you doing? Download an, download, download an application. And if you have to, listen to both episodes at one and a half X or something. I, that's what I do. Yeah. You kidding me? I just, I just knocked through uh, 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 maybe six podcast episodes on a run. <laughs> Long which, ones too. Which show? Okay, so right now I'm in the middle of uh, here's the thing with Ira Glass mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, what's his name? You mean Alec Baldwin? Alec Baldwin yeah. interviewing Ira, Gla- Ira nice. Glass. Okay, I listen. I heard probably one of my favorite podcasts uh, that I've ever heard. Ninety nine percent invisible. Did an episode with Nick. Dr- uh, uh, so it's remember Nick Drake, Pink Moon. Uh, he's a singer songwriter guy. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and the the radio the 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 record producer that found Nick Drake. His biggest regret in life is that he wasn't able to make Nick a big success during his life. Nick ended up uh, overdosing on anti-depression medication uh, in in the end. But right after he he published his third album that got really big, Pink Mood. Anyways, the way that they made that that uh, episode, I'll put it in the show notes, was like a tour de, de force of of production and of storytelling and all it was all recorded on tapes and then he like is moving the tapes in and out and pressing play because it was like this this metaphor about what tape is anyways it was what a show fast, was this? it was 99% invisible oh yeah, yeah. Show, okay. show about design architecture yep. things like that um i listened to a freakonomics episode with the mayor of london i listened to uh, a diy video guy Caleb Wojcik interviewing savvy sexy social uh, is, is, a, is a she's a lady that does a YouTube channel, ah. uh, and it was fascinating to hear her take on on exactly how she does video production. If you're interested in that, her process for coming up with scripts and, and all of these sorts of things, or not using scripts, I guess. Nice. Um, I listened to <laughs> listened to a lot of things. It was yeah. a 15 mile run. I was out for two and a half hours. Good. Took a cold cold ash bath when yeah. I when I got here. I heard you. You, you heard were talking it. to I, yourself. I was literally going woo woo <laughs> <laughs> woo. And then uh, when you came over, I gave you an epic bar. Corbett, tell me what you feel about the epic bar. Yeah, so I just ate, um, it, I think it was an entire bison squeezed into one 11-ounce <laughs> bar. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've started a, a new company. It's called Bison Squeeze. <laughs> uh, you show up, you bring your own cup. It's terrific. So this is uh, <laughs> evidently some person in the paleo crowd thought to himself or herself, I really love I really love being paleo, but I just can't get anything on the go. <laughs> yeah, and so there's this bar. It's bison, bacon, and cranberry. It's actually pretty tasty. But I am a fan of pate, though, That's in general, a good one. yeah, and and meat processed products uh-huh. like rillette and mm-hmm. mousse and things like that. Which I, so, I am not. I know so this like was that similar. Stuff. This was kind of like a rillette. But that sort of. that bar is really good. Yeah. I like that bar. It's good. Barrett, what do you, what, what was your morning like? You got. You just got back from Austin. You were with some boys out in Austin drinking and eating tacos. What happened? You've been you've been saying that for three weeks now. Yeah. Before we started vacation, you were like, "I can't wait to get back to work." Yeah, yeah. No, that's like the. I feel the same exact way, Barrett, because we had such a productive sort of like review and planning process, and it, then we put it all on the shelf. We did. And we haven't even reviewed, like, or we haven't even decided what's going to come out of that yet. Yep. Yep. We, uh, we put it on the shelf. We had uh, Christmas, New Year's, 
And now we're finally, like I have one, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really stoked because tomorrow I'm taking my family down to Disneyland. Yeah. For, and now you're going out for, for two days. Yep. And then I'm speaking at event, the Converge yep. Summit, which if anybody's uh, looking to go to a really high quality of event where you're going to, it's kind of like, think about like WDS, like the, the exciting uh, and inspirational pieces of WDS, plus like massively uh, uh, applicable, just sort of like actually... Actually, this doesn't. I can't even talk about it because I. I this episode goes out uh, while I'm speaking on Friday. Hmm. So, anyways, converge, converge summit. Yeah, my friend Dane puts that on, and it's going to be a great. It's a great uh, uh, event. I'm pumped for it. But yeah, I mean, we've been we put that we put all these plans together and put them on ice. So. Yeah. So we talked so much about the annual review process. And, and by the way, you should you, if it is not too late to do an annual review. You no. should absolutely. Yeah, if Do the holidays one. were crazy, if you just woke up and said, what happened? It's not too late. You can still do one. And if you need to know what to do, okay, two things. Uh, we Episode 83 of the podcast, so fizzleshow.co slash 83. And then uh, on the Sparkline, uh, which I'll put in the, in the show notes, Barrett did a long, great post on exactly how to do um, a yearly review. What I would recommend is do both, listen to both those things. And especially like the last, uh, like 20 minutes of episode 83, I, it's just me telling you exactly what we did, um, uh, recently. And then Barrett kind of takes that and turns it into an actual written out post. Yeah, it's good. So both of those together are, will give you a, a ton of firepower of just real actionable, like exercises and things you could do right now to actually review last year. And you'd be amazed how much planning for this year just falls out of that. However, the, uh, uh, the part two of that is turning your plan into actual tasks and things that you can do. And yeah. we, uh, we're actually a couple of hours from starting that process. Yep, we're doing that later on the day. So <clears throat> today what I want to do is I want to talk more about ways to come up with uh, good ideas for content, okay? Listen, I want Fizzle to be the, the thing that helps people do their best f***ing work work or work i want you to your work <clears throat> well with fi- with using fizzle okay. as protection all right because i don't want a bunch <laughs> of little works running around i gotta Good. take care of for the rest of my days yeah i i do mean that though i want i i think i want people who listen to this show to be to be doing their best work or to feel like okay i've i do good work i want to take it one step further i was listening well, to- hold on though i mean this is a revelation for a lot of people, I think, just even thinking about doing your best work or that it's possible yeah. to set yourself up in a situation where you get to do your best work. Hmm. And I think we talk a lot about helping people find freedom to build a business that matters in some way, um, to support themselves and their family, to be able to live a lifestyle that they really care about. But this idea of all of this matters just as much because it gives you an opportunity to do your best work. And really, that's where this deep sense of fulfillment comes from, I think. And when people are bummed out about um, their work situation, a lot of times it isn't just the circumstances. People can be really happy doing a job working for someone else if they're getting to do their best work. And so it's an, it's an equal part of the equation. And to say, I want fizzle to be the thing that helps you do your best work first i think we have to say it is possible for you to be able to do your best work you need to figure out the thing that you want to go after the thing that you care about and um how you're going to put yourself in a situation where you get to pursue that with all of your being 
that's when you really get to do your best. Well, work. but I mean, also that that all sounds that it makes it sound even more uh, intimidating to me. Mm. Uh, to to me, uh, some of the things that that we've got to um, that I have to do is make it feel like a possibility that I can do uh, that I can push myself just a little bit further than what I am doing. Because uh, let me clarify that in my in my work and in my life and in my the way that I sort of do things. Um, I get really confused about if my work is me or if my work, uh, I read, I read a really great, great, uh, <laughs> you get confused if you are you, I, I, let alone I don't work. even know who I am anymore. Yeah. I don't even know who I yeah. am. I don't know which one of these as, am I? <laughs> as all of us should. Really. Exactly. Uh, I read a great, uh, article on Inc. Uh, about entrepreneurship and depression called like the, the true price mm. of entrepreneurship. You tweeted that yesterday, yeah. I think. And it was, it's a really good article. Your it, tweeters are so good lately. God, dude, I, you just put your tweet in front of me and yeah. I will tweet the schnitzel out of it. Yeah, you do. And uh, honestly, I get a lot of feedback from a lot of people. Uh, they a lot, lot of people on the Twitters. A lot, a lot of people have been, I've been getting tweeted by me and uh, they're sort of, uh, they're having a blast, you know? Yeah, I still haven't recovered. So, so for me, like it's it's a challenge to separate myself from uh, from my work. One of the bits in that uh, piece uh, that I read on Inc. is uh, the, the this this great story of some entrepreneur who lost it all and yada yada, yada and then brought it all back and uh, you know wow well, victory in the end America wins um, and but one of the things he talked about he learned through going like just gnarly crazy uh, you know bankruptcy insanity it was like yeah i learned like uh i could just do whatever this work is and and i even if i thought it was bad even if it was this that, and the other I mean, my, my wife still loved me my dog still love me my kids still love me like which which part of it is me like i thought that was me yeah the way that i felt about that is right. what i thought people were loving in some ways you yeah. know and I, I i whatever that is i'm not i'm not I'm not qualified to really talk much on that but but i, I certainly so much of my own sort of uh dilemma lives there I do think that there's a um, there's some sort of a human balance toward I want to do really good I want to do good work okay uh, I have to feel proud of my work not in, not like a, I'm a, a Kurt Vonnegut or the people that I really admire or something like that but just in the sense that like uh, given what I had I, I did I did what I could with it and I and I enjoyed myself doing mm -hmm. it right so and I think most of my success has come from. Uh, you know, the irony, we're talking about content and finding ideas for great content or something like that. Uh, the irony is most of the things that I've ever made that got big were uh, in no way, shape or form came from any research, came from any, uh, you know, oh, this will be good or this, that, and the end. It just was like a guttural bleep, vomit right. out onto the thing. And it was raw and it was quick and it happened fast. Uh, typically, it was short. Uh, it had a point and it made it. And it made it sort of with conviction, chutzpah, and it something like I re I recognize that trend, like but I don't have that every day, right? That's the whole right. the, the, the 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 whole question of like, do you write when you feel like it, or do you just write every day? Yeah, and sunshine. Stephen, Stephen King writes ten pages every single day, no exceptions, which is a lot of writing, and we see where that got him, you know. But I don't know how he feels about his work, but frankly, I think I'd rather be a Stephen King than. Uh, you know, just someone who just keeps putting out great stuff. Well, I guess the question is like, there, there are a couple of philosophies. One is that you just have to put out great stuff because everything you do has the exact same odds of yeah. being successful. You have to put out lots of good stuff. Lots of yeah. stuff. Um, or uh, I think other people believe that there are things you can do that influence how successful your thing yeah. will be. I mean, to me, honestly, frankly, I always think about Derek Halpern. To me, 
he's not in this to just write blog posts. He doesn't write a blog post and go like, yeah. He doesn't sit back and go, I'm proud of you, Derek. You know, he has a different, completely different motivation because he has a completely different story than me. Um, he has he has a vastly different upbringing in life. And so for him, he's like, this serves a purpose. For me, that, per- that I say it serves a purpose. And the purpose is like, who am I and what am I here for? For him, he's like, no, I'm building a business. This is a thing that has right. to perform. It has yeah. to get results. You know, and I look at a lot of people that that run their businesses that way. I look at guys like, um, what's his name from Quick Sprout or Ramit Sethi or like that kind of crew. Yeah. They all behave that way. They're shrewd. Now, now, they might not have always. I'm realizing I'm, I've been doing this enough now to where it's like, okay, maybe uh, I can, now that, now that I've written so many things, I've had that moment at the computer, the blank blinking cursor hundreds of times, mm-hmm. right? I've pressed publish hundreds of times. I'm putting my ass on the chair, like, you know, thousands of Mondays through Fridays, right? I've done it a lot. And now I'm like, okay, I'm looking into, I'm I'm starting to to understand and sense the difference between this isn't going to answer that question. That's that of who, what are you here for and who are you? (laughs) Right. Like you don't write on the fizzle. You're not my mommy. Yeah. So what, just like we always say, like you want to, you want to make something uh, to solve someone's problem. Mm -hmm. Right. So the question is now becoming more and more like, okay, what are the problems that solve them? And they've always been that, but it's always been through this narcissistic lens of has to be my thing first. Yeah. And that's a hack. That's a good trick to to start off any business. Scratch yeah. your own itch because you are going to know more. Like for me with coffee and home coffee stuff. I have so many barista friends who who are like, you know, could have some idea for a blog or something like that to like help people like learn how to do coffee. They have no clue what a regular person does in their house every day. You right. know, no they don't stinking me- clue. What they don't it, know how many grams of ex- coffee. Exactly. What it took me to finally understand how to do this kind of coffee at home, mm-hmm. right? And I know all about that journey. I would be the best damn coffee teacher in the world because that was my story, being a regular, yeah. like wanted to know it. It's the enthusiast versus expert. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, the, 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 the all of that to kind of set up, you know, hey, let's, let's spend 25 minutes setting up uh, <laughs> what we're going to talk about, <laughs> I guess. But it does add that context. This is important context for people to understand. Like we're in this and we've been doing it for a long time and we still struggle with struggle with this stuff, right? So, uh, so for me, what I'd love to get into today is just maybe, I, I guess, more exploration of that question. We all have to put out our podcasts and our blog posts and our eBooks and our this, that, and the other. And every blogger out there is like, what's my giveaway going to be? And every like person who's thinking about starting a blog is asking, what should I blog about? And all of this kind of stuff. And this is all a form of the same question. Of, you know, it, it's like the way you put it, Corbett, before is you had two circles, the Venn diagram, and they overlap. One circle is, what do I want to say or make? And the other circle is, what do they want? And you, you focused on that little part in the middle and said, make something right there. Yeah. Something that you want to say or make and something that they want. Now, luckily, some people can just say, what I want to make is something that people really want badly. Yeah. Like they don't even care if it's about coffee or bison bars yeah. or whatever because So like what's an example of that? Like I you know what I think of? I think of the old school bloggers. I think of John Gruber. Uh I think of Merlin Mann. So John Gruber, uh daringfireball.com, he just geeked out about computers, finally found a Mac and he told his whole story at XOXO. You can find it on their YouTube channel. 
And he's like, there was a magazine that was just about Macs and for Mac people, and they wouldn't send it to anybody that wasn't an IT director. It was called like, I think it was Macworld or, or something like that. And so he just at his college in his dorm, he like faked that uh, it was uh, uh, some business and yada, 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 and had it eventually finally hacked his way to getting it sent to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, from that moment on, he's like, this is the world I want to be in. This is the world I want to be in. Eventually, you know, uh, TypePad or, or, or whatever sets that up and he just starts blogging about it. Has no research about it, if this is going to be interesting. It's right. just like he's so into it. Now, this is a, per- this is a perfect storm of timing and passion or of, of interest, you know, whatever. And since that, I mean, and now he's got this epic uh, self-publishing uh, empire. The guy just can do whatever yeah. he wants. Like he basically funds himself through selling T-shirts because his audience is so massive. He crashes sites every week yep. by just sending a link a to link. them. Well, know? so he he's lucky in in like you said <clears throat> for the reasons that he came up with something he just really cared about. Yeah. He didn't really do any market research or care if anybody else was into it. Yeah. He probably had a suspicion that they were, but his timing was really good. Right. Yeah. The problem sometimes I think when you go after the thing that you care about a lot is that there may be a lot of other people who care about this thing a lot or who just want to do it regardless of if they're getting paid for it. Like, let's say being an artist, for example, who wouldn't love to just paint all day, right? Well, what happens is so many people are willing to do that for so little money that the market's flooded with Mm -hmm. supply and not enough demand. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do, but just realize that as you're getting into these Venn diagrams of what I care about and what other people care about, it may be that there's some problem that you personally don't have or care about that much. Like, let's say plumbing had just been invented. It's like, eh, who really cares yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it may be the kind of thing that can really earn you a nice living and maybe you can care about that um, instead of caring about the topic itself. Yeah. Kind of, there, there are people, like you were saying earlier with content creation, there's some people who need to create content as a means to explore themselves yeah. and other people who do it because it's a means to an end. Yeah. And I think the business can be the same thing. Sometimes you need to build a business because you care about um, MIDI interfaces like oh, nobody else. <laughs> you and Ray Kurzweil. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you want to start a business because you want to help people and the success of the business itself will be enough to keep you going. You know? Yeah. Um, so where do you want to take this? Where do you want to, where do you want to, uh, uh, I, I kind of want to go like into our stories and come up with, uh, and, and other things that we've heard and come up with ideas for more ideas for people to think of great content to like because i'm just thinking about the person out there me from for the last uh, seven years of being online uh who i needed to put stuff out into the world and i would say okay you know how many fizzlers have i seen like make a new year's resolution about like okay i'm gonna write like one blog post a week or i'm gonna write one blog post every day or things like that you need these ideas for this topic like you need topics for these for these blog posts and and you there's two there's two dogs at war here, okay? One of them is you just need to ship. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. Just mm-hmm. get it out the door. You've got two years of just putting crap out, 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 out. Okay, that's how it starts. Derek Halpern, when I say that he's shrewd about what he makes now, that's because it's not his first website, right. okay? He's done this for a very long time. In college, he was running blogs. Exactly. Yeah. So so it's when you... when. You got you've got some years of learning how to do this stuff. For the, but for those of us who have been in it for a while, the question is is still I still have to put things out there. Mm-hmm. How do I make it? How do how do I make it more likely that these things will succeed? Well, and and part of the idea of just 
writing a thousand words a day or just writing 10 pages a day or whatever, you know, Stephen King's approach or whoever's yeah. approach to just showing up and doing the work is that you can get wrapped up in this existential question of who am I? What am I even yeah. doing? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So much that you don't put anything out and uh, you can also get wrapped up in, well, I don't have anything valuable to say or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the thing is when you show up every day, there is good stuff in you somewhere yeah. and you have to force yourself to, to give that good stuff the opportunity to come out. Yeah. And if you don't sit down and start typing on the page, it's easy to wait until you feel like there's this perfect totally. storm of, of inspiration and motivation and something valuable to say and yeah. the right audience and all this stuff. And really that's just not how it works. It's such it a happens hard, yeah. once in a while. Like you said earlier, like, yeah. you know, all the successful stuff came from you just kind of um, stumbling on it, you know, and, yeah. it, and it came from a place of conviction or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's great when that happens. But on the other hand, <clears throat> if you've done this stuff that you're kind of getting into now, which is, okay, not everything has to be this like emotional catharsis. Sometimes yeah. I yeah. can come up with an idea that I think is going to be valuable to other people. I'm, I'm thinking about the audience more than myself Absolutely. now. Yeah. And I can study formulas. I can research, you know, popular content. And you know what? I'm going to try a few of these things. Yeah. And you will be shocked at how much that stuff can take off. And a lot of times it feels like it shouldn't, or yeah. it feels like it was just, it was kind of easy. I just mm -hmm. threw that together. It wasn't this big, like, to do, you know? Yep. And to me, like, I had, I found this, uh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pull it up. Um, by the way, one of my uh, favorite things, here's a, little, here's a little trick, tip trick hack. So we use text, I use text expander religiously. Yep. Okay. Text expander is, I, I type, uh, you know, three letters and it expands out to a whole phrase, you yep. know, like, uh, like Chase is essentially a, a robot who yeah. has learned to use the internet. I have not, I haven't written a full sentence myself in years. Yeah. is what it comes down to. Uh, but like, so, uh, which, uh, which is scary because the things that you say to me to think that those are little expanded snippets. Yep. Yeah. I uh, have a lot of them, and I just really have a long do you lexicon have text of, uh, expander on your phone. I do, I do. Does that work? No, no. Uh, it doesn't work the way okay. I want it to. But anyways, a uh, little tip. Uh, so uh, for all of the URLs I go to all the time, I just have text expanders for them. For the Sparkline QSP, uh -huh. okay. Uh, for the Fizzle Show QSH, and for the uninitiated, you put a Q in front of it because not many words start with Q, and so yeah. it's not going to get confused exactly. with other shit. Exactly. So uh, and then so one of the other things I'm, I'm doing all the time is I'm like I'll like what was that quote that I, like so Ice to the Brim is my personal site where I, I just collect quotes basically. It's just a tum blog. <laughs> and by the way, quotes. do you have to type hold command or something? No, nope, no. Nope. You just anywhere you type Q. Yeah. Now I could set it up so that I have to hit tab at the end of it to, to as a delimiter to, to yeah. expand, but I don't. So I'm always searching this site. I'm always searching fizzle for like, what was that one that we talked about MVP? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so in Google, as you know, you can go site colon fizzle.co space MVP. Okay, and that'll search just yep. the domain of fizzle.co for that term that you put in. So I do this for fizzle and ice the brim all the time. And so I just have site FZ, bing, expands to site colon fizzle.co space. And yep. my cursor's there waiting for me. Nice. Site ITB for ice the brim expands with a space. And then we've got, uh, we've got, a uh, so I could type in good work and I could find this thing that I was looking for. I wrote, I, I have a, an email address that I set up for my son and every month I get reminded, a little reminder on my calendar saying, Hey, write Aiden an email. So my dream is, you know, whatever, when he's 16 or 
or whenever I'll, I'll say, Hey, look, I've got a, uh, first of all, I've got a killer Gmail address for you, which is probably going to be an, <laughs> an asset at that point. Second of all, I've got, uh, there's a bunch of emails and photos and videos that we've sent you through the years, um, that you now you get to catch up on. Uh, you're, you were a terrible child. Uh, enjoy reading about how horrible you were to us. Uh, I'm kidding. But anyways, I wrote this to him and I decided to throw it up on ice to the brim. Uh, Here's a snippet from one of the things that I wrote. I said, I'm working hard on fizzle.co. Uh, less people signed up over the summer, and now we need to get those numbers up. It's a weird mode for your dad to be in. Numbers and results are, are just tough for me. I'd rather do what sounds fun and interesting and compelling, but I've learned enough about the importance of the balance. Do good work that works good. Too much good work that doesn't work good, and I, you also probably, get moody, dumb, tractionless. But bad work that works good has the same effect. So balance it out if you can. Like That's probably the best fatherly advice I'll ever, good. ever give yeah. to my son. You should just retire. I should just like, Drop the mic. Just go. I'm just going to leave. I'm just gonna- <laughs> I feel like that you should just, that should be a blog. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I, I mean, good for Aiden that he gets to read these in 10 years <laughs> but the world could use that now well, i the, guess you just read it out loud i did, I did. and it is it is on my site but okay. but the, the 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 operating phrase being there uh good work that works good and to me it was uh, uh the sort of the idea that if i do good work that doesn't work good i get moody and i get bummed and i feel shitty well, right and and it, maybe it's not good or it's not good for the purpose you were looking for. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like, so Nick, the, the 99% visible episode that I talked about, mm-hmm. like there is no question about how good this music is. Mm-hmm. It's sensational, but it didn't get popular. You know, it just didn't get popular. Again, another reason why I want everybody who listens to this show to watch Birdman because it just talks. It's just basically this amazing exploration of the interplay between popularity power and and prestige i guess I, I don't know what the word i'm looking for but like you know like the way that like, like an artist is revered for being like like before their time mm-hmm. like crazy uh thought leader visionary. visionary all this stuff the way like steve jobs the way you feel about steve jobs is, yeah uh, uh, versus i guess not that's not even a good the way that you feel when you like make a song or do something that you feel enormously proud of mm-hmm. right so um but those those p words of like sometimes those things don't get popular, right? You know, and you have to make a stand. And how and how good does it feel? You know, and and, yeah. and this is this kind of is up to you individually. But uh, yeah, how important is the popularity part of it? And the popularity. How many how and many times of, does popularity ruin things? Right, right. And yet every single one of us making a business is trying to get more popular. Yeah, is trying to get more people to our thing. That is what we are all hungry for. Mm-hmm. Every person who starts a business is like, I got this idea for a thing, and they hit a phase where they're like, I need to get more people to this thing, or I'm disappointed because there's not more people to this thing. Yeah. Or, or they luck out, and it's like, I don't, like, I saw someone quoted on or, or commented on, we have a, a, a case study post on our blog about a, a big viral sensation that, that someone was like, here's what happened, here's how I dealt with it, here's how it worked. And uh, this, <laughs> this uh, lady, commented on the post she's like this happened to me and now i don't even know what's going on but like this like just blew up in like three weeks or like three months i've only been blogging for three months and now it's like massive and i was just like man that is the exception it is the the norm that is not what happens yeah and i feel like i I guess you know you probably learn a lot from that experience but also it, it probably feels like you got something taken away from you a little bit which is that 
long period of searching in the woods for well now what you, yeah what you have is is so uh the famous story with like real estate for example if you start real estate right at the beginning of a recession and you survive through, <laughs> yeah. it, through it you're gonna be a great real you're estate good agent. for 50 years you're yeah. gonna be a great real estate agent uh that's just that that's like a law of that business yep um because if you because so many people get into it when it's hot and then that recession hits and they're just like this screw this i'm yeah, out it's like, way harder than i thought right? i can't yeah. yeah i can't even yeah and it's the whole expectations thing yeah exactly so so listen we've got we've got a little bit longer left in this conversation but i don't think it's enough time to really talk about like coming up with uh more ideas uh for for more, more ways to come up with great content ideas so let's save that for next episode okay. and let's talk a little bit more about this just this challenge this this tension. You really just want to savor this. He, the, what happened here today is... What happened? We had an episode last week that was pretty good. People liked it. Yeah. And today we're just savoring that. We're just yeah. we're expounding on it, yeah. diving deeper. There's a lot to it. I mean, I could get all... Our story today in three acts. Making good work. Our producer... <laughs> Eric, <laughs> is this like a super effeminate Ira Glass? <laughs> I don't know. It's my best Ira. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, uh, that reminded me of that. What's that faux? Uh, that faux. Uh, well, it's not this Amer- that American oh. Life. Yeah. Is that still going? <laughs> I don't know, but it, I couldn't believe <laughs> how about, good it was. Talk about we were just oh we were just talking about how expectations can screw you up, like as a real estate agent. So yeah, that guy yeah. with that American Life. I'm sure the first episode was a home run. Everybody was like, oh my God. And then it wears thin immediately in yeah. the next episode. You're like, okay, he's just making fun of Ira Glass. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So totally. then it was downhill from there. But then the, the funny thing to me is it would be just more like if he just keeps doing it, like, I don't know, of course, like people probably don't subscribe. Uh, I wouldn't subscribe, but if he kept doing it, there's 300 episodes of that show. I would just be in awe. No, of but, that guy. but to make it work, there would have to be substance behind it. Oh yeah. Because the, yeah. the gimmick wears thin. And then if there was substance, yeah. if he mocked Ira, but then had substance then you would listen yeah, yeah. so um uh those expectations that we have about the, this work we talked about this so many times you know uh like how expectations are the sort of silent monster in any of your business plans because you start up a thing you you don't even know what expectations you have until you get disappointed right right and and that disappointment what it feels like is it feels like a sluggish, despondent, despair, depression sort of thing. Or or you just start lusting after other ideas and other, you know. Yeah. So, and and that can happen on a long-term scale. Like, you yeah. get six months into a business and you're like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. Or it can happen within hours. As you were saying, you create something that you feel is good, yeah. put it out there, nobody responds, and then you feel bummed about it, and you're like, "What changed? I thought this was good an hour ago, and now I'm bummed about it because yeah. it wasn't retweeted or something." Um, and that just reveals what your expectations were. And it, yeah. it's interesting. I think if you can try to put some expectations forward, even if you're kind of fooling yourself into having lower expectations than maybe you really do. Yeah. But if you just say, "You know, I'm going to write this thing. I'm going to put it out there," and if one person leaves a comment mm. and says that they really connected with it, or if one person retweets it. Or if I can email ten people and one of them replies and says, "Yeah, I read it. It was really good." Yeah, then then that's good. You know what I mean? Yep, totally. I was listening to uh, Barrett the interview that you did, or the the sort of um, conversation that you had with Julia Tunstall when you were doing the Fizzler case studies. Yep, on my run today. Uh, another thing that I got through on my run, uh, and it, she talks about this really great moment where um, 
you know, so the way that they, they, they run a business called A Bar Above. Her name's Julia Tunstall. Her husband's uh, Chris Tunstall. And he is sort of the creative force and the intelligence, uh, the expert in mixology, making these great fancy cocktails. That's his whole business. That's his income. That's his life. That's been his whole thing for the last bunches of years, right? She's super uh, analytical, data-oriented, strategic, right? She's got a spreadsheet that tells her when to go to the bathroom, basically. Um, and and we love both of these people very much because they've been in Fizzle for forever. We know so much about their business. Um, and she talks about this really great moment when uh, Chris started getting like his first emails from people saying like, dude, thank you so much for making this stuff. I was struggling. I've been in bartender. I was struggling with this. I didn't even know even taught me this. And now I feel so much more confident. And like I can actually be one of these guys that I see on the documentaries about bartenders or read about in the mixology magazines or something like that, you know? And that is such a big moment when you as a creator start getting that feedback and it's, it could be just a tweet. It could be a comment, but I swear that in my role, uh, doing, uh, making father apprentice long before I knew you guys, uh, I was, you know, faffing about on the internet, trying to make things, thinking I'm this, having a day job, trying to do this other stuff on the side, too cheap to be able to even pay for a MailChimp account. Um, all this other stuff, like I couldn't, I, like I, like fancy analytics, no way, I'm just going to have to use this stuff over here or whatever. And uh, <laughs> it was just so silly looking Fashion. back because I just, yeah, I, all I needed to do was go like, oh, let's make a, let's, let's make a book, let's have anything for sale. And then it's like, that'll, that'll, that'll pay for this like $9 a month thing. I or it won't and you'll learn something. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. One and one. yeah. So anyways, I remember when I implemented this, this email trick where, you know, anybody who does sign up for the email list, I get a, I get a notification from MailChimp. Okay. So uh, that says, Hey, look, uh, Terry just signed up at Terry at gmail.com. I click Terry's email address, a new mail pops up, and I have a little Texas Pander thing go out saying, hey, Terry, thanks for signing up. Uh, quick question, what's one thing you're struggling with right now as a dad? And I just would collect these answers. And I get and, and once I started seeing the need, number, first of all, people would, would say, like, man, found this one post on how to put a baby down in a crib without making him cry. found this, that, or the other. It was so funny. It was so good. It was so helpful. just made me feel like, I'm not alone in this thing, you know? And then, and then they would say what they're struggling with. And those, those two things together are, were like the, (laughs) like my, my, like super, like my jet fuel for me, because number one, they were saying the things that I had already made resonated Mm -hmm. and they were doing to me what, what Louis CK, they were, I was doing for them what Louis CK does for me, making me feel more comfortable in my own skin, a little more comfortable, a little more like confident, a little more like I'm not alone. And also I got a couple giggles out of it. Right. Then they were telling me what they wanted to hear about. They were saying, this is what I'm struggling with. And the thing that started making sense when I, is when I realized that out of, you know, a hundred uh, guys that might respond to that in a three month period, uh, about 60 to 70 of them were saying the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. When I got the conviction from my audience just by, just by listening essentially and hearing them, so many of them say the same thing, that was when it's it like it's like just something switched in me where mm-hmm. I realized oh I am that I am doing this yep this is what I I can do this <clears throat> excuse me I can do this and I am doing it and I it's no longer about like all of this like what could I be and all this other stuff and then, yeah but then I was also in the middle of a day job at a startup and I just got <clears throat> sidetracked 
Basically. Yeah. Because that what, what, what they, their same answer was the product, was the book, was the thing that I could have made to sell. And I had plans for it in the whole nine yards. And guess what I didn't do? I didn't take the first step. I didn't follow up on what I, what I thought I'd wanted to do because all the dopamine floods through my brain. All, with, like you said in the coffee shop the other day, we were talking about like this funny idea for some new business with some friends of ours. And Corbett looks over and goes, it's like to my friend Ken, and he just goes, you just got to let him talk about it because all the excitement's in talking about the idea. No, there's zero excitement in making it happen. That was, by the way, on your second grandiose, we got to do this idea of the morning. And and I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling way. good. I'm still, I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm, like, I'm in a week I mean, that's hangover. Why, that's why I have a hundred domain names yeah. in my arsenal, right? It's like every other week, you're like, oh I'm my God, s- this is the best idea I'm ever. I'm slowly letting them expire, by the way. Yeah, me too. But But here's the thing. I think what we're, sort of getting at is the difference between making good work and making popular work. And there's some obvious overlap between them. Um, And I think the danger is in letting popularity alone determine how you feel about your work and whether or not you think your work is good. Because um, it's very easy to put something out there, not see results, and then go chase the next shiny thing because you think that if someone didn't respond to the very first thing you created or the first month's worth of whatever, mm, yeah. that it's not worth doing. And time and time again, we've heard about people who had to go through some long slog for months or years yeah. before they stumbled on something that people resonated with. Even you with Father Apprentice, yeah. there were many months where you were writing for yourself, essentially, before people started reaching out and saying, oh my God, I I, I agree, I connect exactly. with this. Yeah. Um, and so you can't, and Barrett sees this all the time within within Fizzle. Yep. He sees members who are convicted about something. They say, I I care so much about this. And then he hears back from them two months later and they say, he's like, well, what happened? What's what's going on? They're like, oh, well, I moved on because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And usually it's because it got a little harder than they wanted it to be. Yep. It didn't take off right away. And that that compass of what's good and what what's not good yeah. wasn't there to guide them long enough to to make the breakthrough. Totally. Uh, so I don't know, Barrett. What, what, in your experience, the difference between doing good work and a uh, uh, good work and popular work is that something that you have struggled with, or is that something that you're, you're sort of like you're like, yeah, I know how to navigate that. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone struggles with it, and I think that the challenge is when you, if we go back to last week, and let's say you go through the whole research process to create a post you think is going to be great, it solves a real problem, and then overnight, like you share it on Reddit and Hacker News and whatever else. Uh, that we talked about in our promotion episode and it doesn't get a great response that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not the quality of the post was there. It has something to do with timing. It has something to do with chance. It has something to do with whether the right people read it and happened to share it. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I justify that is like, take for example, the, uh, the annual review post. I think that that's a great post. I think it will serve us well over time. I think every time someone asks about how to plan in their business, we can send them there and that's the value of that post for me is I wrote down the entire pros- process and now I can send that to anyone who asks about it. Yeah. It's you almost not said process. In, yeah. I did almost say process, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm married to a Canadian. I know all these weird ways of saying things. I, so, I, you spend time in, in Canada and you, you've got the process down. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, but point being, you have to trust in the process of making great work repeatedly, not in the process of sharing it and hoping someone responds. Mm-hmm. Mm. So hold on, let me see. Let me think that over again. You have to uh, focus on the process of making great work re- repeatedly rather than 
on whether or not someone responds. Yeah, and and to be fair, I mean, if you're making great work for an extended period of time, if you're making what you think is great work, mm-hmm. eventually somebody needs to respond to it for you to validate that it is great work. Otherwise, yeah. you might be blowing smoke up your own ass. And here's yeah. how you avoid that. Yeah. You do something like join a mastermind group or a writing group or whatever it is that you do, whatever kind of projects you launch. Surround yourself with a few people who you trust and who you feel like have good taste themselves and mm-hmm. ask for real feedback because mm-hmm. shares on social media is a vanity metric, but getting feedback from people whose work you respect and whose taste you trust, that's something mm-hmm. entirely different. And they can help you understand where the gaps in your work are, where you need to improve and what you need to do to get from where you are to what your taste is and what you want to be able to create. Now, e- you have to be careful with that a little bit as well. Um, just because it's very easy to have opinions about things um, that you may not be that connected to. So you might be in a mastermind group or a writer group or something, and people might be telling you that's not such a great idea, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. they're not your audience necessarily. And, and this happens to us all the time. People write us asking us to critique their website or their business idea or whatever. And yeah. I'm happy to give some feedback, but I know where the limits are because I am not the market. I'm not the ultimate arbiter of whether or not this is a good idea. And I've seen this with, um, with personal <laughs> friends. You know, one of those words that you, uh, that you see like in, in print all the time. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> you hear it out loud and you're like, arbiter yeah is a uh, arbiter is an awesome one of those <laughs> you're welcome you're seeing this with personal friends keep Sorry, going judge uh i've seen this with friends who have um informal groups of coaches or whatever you know yeah. like we all do right if you yeah. have if you're thinking about doing something you probably have four people that come to mind who you would say hey i'm thinking about doing this thing yeah. like what do you think about mm-hmm. it and i've seen this happen before where friends of ours who are fairly successful um, start shopping this idea around to others. And one by one, people say, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Here are five reasons why you shouldn't do that thing. And then in two cases, at least that I can think of, these friends went ahead and did that thing anyway. And it turned out to be a big success. Massive, successful, right? It's like, it makes... So no one knows. Nobody knows. and, And my best example of this is always that thing that came out on Kickstarter last year, that cooler that has the blender and the radio and all this stuff on it called the coolest. And it raised like a million dollars or something on Kickstarter. And everybody's like, Oh my God, it's the best idea ever. Well, the same dude released the same thing six months before and failed to reach his modest $30,000 funding goal because the timing wasn't right. The right person didn't hear about it. He didn't put that one extra feature in there that made it take off. Who knows why? Um, but it had the same branding and everything else. So yeah. like Barrett said, sometimes it's just timing, yeah. you know? But and, the key, and- I think, in getting good feedback is again asking good questions. And so there's uh-huh. a big difference between asking, is this good? And asking, <laughs> how might I make this better next time? Right. And yeah. anyone that you trust can give you feedback on how you might make something better. And then it's up to you to decide, was the topic right for my audience? Or was this the right thing for the people I'm trying to serve? And I think mm. those are two very different things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, that's a good place to probably call it. I mean, to me, uh, looking back on this conversation, uh, the, the, I still remain in that question about how do we do good work that works good. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where I'm going to be for a long time. And I think a lot of uh, people in our, uh, that are listening to the show out there 
are in the same boat. I just don't think that we're going to find a really great answer to any of these questions. And the best thing we could do is get comfortable in this sort of space between um, always being popular or always being good. And ju- that's where it's like it's a little bit more about yeah. kind of Barrett's point to commit to doing the work. Commit to doing, uh, maybe bringing a couple things into your life uh, that can help you do work that's better than maybe what you thought you were capable of. Mm-hmm. You know that that kind of I heard in um, in Julia's Fizzle uh, interview again. Her saying from a bar above, she uh, she had been listening to Pat Flynn. She had been loving our our podcast, but she wasn't a member of Fizzle when we did a a, a meetup in San Francisco cocktails like if you're a fizzler or if you're a friend of a fizzler come on in and and let's talk about what you're doing and um and she's like well <laughs> she talked about how she printed out like the uh, the e- evite sort of invitation thing and and brought that because she didn't know if she'd like get kicked out because she wasn't a fizzler and she wasn't with the fizzler or anything like that and she's like nobody ever asked for it even once um and but she she's <laughs> right we're just like hey who are you <laughs> yeah, what's up? let's buy you a cocktail uh, it, because uh, but anyway she got there and she realized she's like wait a minute i've always been the most productive the doer the person who works by myself because nobody else works fast enough you know and you're getting like a picture of her in high school mm-hmm. hey um and all these things and she got into this crew of people who were like her people <clears throat> they got her they understood she's like these are the self-directed people who are who are doing the kind of work that i do and i'm the only one who doesn't have a product and she's like, yeah. that's when they decided January 1st was the deadline yep. for them to launch their thing and get it out. And they, she tells the story of that. Uh, and, and they did it. Now, they, I mean, they're, they're making money and they're, they, they, they've got all this stuff all because they re, like you get into a crew with that, that pulls you forward. Just like Scott Dinsmore's story about like, he was like, oh, maybe I'll be a blogger. And then he started hanging out with you, Corbett, and, and Leo Babauta, and he realized what was possible. In a moment, in an interview with, with one ultra marathon runner, I just kind of, my whole mindset shifts. Yeah, you're like, why have I been running four miles? Yeah. What's the difference between four and 25? And, and it just like, oh. And then the next day I go out and it's 15 miles. Yeah. And the next day I go out and 20. Yeah. And the next day I go out and... It's what Scott always calls the Roger Bannister moment. <laughs> yeah, so the four-minute mile The four-minute yeah. mile people thought was impossible for years and years and years. And then as soon as one person broke the four-minute barrier, 10 other people did in the next year or something. Yeah. It's, it's all mindset. So, it's, so I mean, that, that sense of, of... Like, I think I'm doing pretty good work and there's a person in my life or, or a mastermind group to join or a... Uh, a, an online community maybe called fizzle that you might could join and uh, and and find that that you're capable of doing even more work when you see what others are doing and what's possible and then you take it and you turn it and you make it your own so i have been that's my i'm about to close it out but i should let you anything else to my add t- my takeaway from this yeah. is barrett i think last month we all sat down around the theoretical table <laughs> and we said at Fizzle, we're going to commit ourselves to do really fucking good work in 2015. Whoa! I, I whoa! Think, listen, if you can say it, I can say it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it we all committed ourselves to that. And I think what this episode is about is inviting everyone who listens to this show and is a part of that with us to do it yourself. Let yeah. us be that for you. Let us be that motivation to set the standard higher, to make better work, to do it consistently, and to trust in that process of growth over time. And I hope you'll do that. Oh, I think that's good. Corbett? It wouldn't 
don't you just wish that Barrett was the 13 year old CEO that you've mentioned before and that he had that husky voice? He was like in an over oversized suit and he's like, you gotta, you gotta do the good work and let us be the example. What was that? There's a movie where they cut, they keep cutting to scenes uh, where a guy like that is giving advice, this old, <laughs> old guy. And he's just like, you can't be like that. You've got to be more like this. Like, it's like just giving, I can't remember what it is. If, if there's anybody out there listening, it's like, uh, I think he like the, it was giving like motivational advice mm. while this character was doing a thing mm-hmm. in uh, his head he kept seeing yeah that, that you click it, it, the scene would switch over to him mm-hmm. and he would give something and it would start the next chapter of the movie or something yeah. but uh i don't remember what Sounds it was familiar okay keep going and then yes to answer your question i do wish that uh yeah and and uh g- again the question is is good work really good if it never becomes popular uh. right or if it never becomes popular r- among the right people and mm-hmm. so if you've been trying to make good work popular maybe come at it from the other angle and try to make what you feel would be popular work good. So that's, that's what our whole episode was last time. Yeah. And I, uh, someone who's, who's uh, just scared to death of being a douchebag, just scared of coming off like, uh, like, I don't know, like, like the people that, that are so successful online, uh, you know, in some ways, because I'm like, Oh, my standards are higher. I have better taste. Like, like just sort, sort of retreating and protecting myself in the sense that like, well, at least I'm not like that. Like, it's all a fable. It doesn't matter. But still, like, that's an important thing to me. I thought I would hate the idea of doing that research uh, and finding out what's popular out there. Uh, everything that we talked about in the last episode, fizzleshow.co slash 86. And, uh, and then I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised that it was the opposite. Like, it, it's just all I see is the opportunity to make this stuff better to do even better work on this topic that clearly resonates with our audience, uh, uh, people who are in our audience and stuff like that. So I think I, I 100% agree with you, Corbin, on that thing. Anything else you want to add? No. Uh, I mean, this this bison bars, I, I it, it has me thinking, you know. I think I might have to uh, get try some other flavors, yeah. maybe get a case of it. I don't know. I don't feel like it's a, you don't need to have like a giant stick of meat every day. Um but uh, no. but it might be worth tossing in the, the old snack pile. Listen, if I could start my day with a giant stick of meat every day, I would be the happiest little girl on the side of the Mississippi. <laughs> well, I've good been for Chase you. Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Baird Brooks. I'll see you there. I'll see you on another time. There you have it fizzleshow.co slash 87 that's where you can find all of the links that we talked about uh, in this episode some good stuff that ink article on on uh, sort of the real cost of entrepreneurship is really great there's some good sort of case studies and stories in there she did a great job collecting some interesting stories and also of course we link to uh, episode 86 how to reverse engineer massively shareable content you've got to listen to that if you haven't fizzleshow.co slash 87 you know, our, our, uh, our goal here is to help you build the best possible thing you can, creating a thriving audience along the way. And if you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs find this show. This is I'm talking to you, uh, driving your car, uh, running or, or listening at your work desk or whatever. If you're there uh, and you're able to, just pull up iTunes, uh, open up the store and search for Fizzle. You'll see three uh, three white guys right next to Jamaican dancehall booty music. And just click click the white guys because I can't uh, I can't guarantee what you'll get. You might have a great time if you go the other way though. To be honest, and if you do, tell me.
tell me about it in an iTunes review. Click, click, write a review. Here's one from Limey Spice Girl from the United States. She says, love it. So insightful and funny. I've been listening to the Fizzle podcast for a few months and I get such a storm of ideas and inspiration from listening. There are three smart, funny guys talking about various aspects of starting uh, up your own business, but they go deeper and talk about stuff like balancing life and work and feeling fear and insecure about your skills. Plus, one of the guys does hilarious Jim Rohn, and another does Deepak Chopra impressions. It's amazing. Just a super inspiring, funny, and informative podcast. Thank you so much, Limey Spice Girl. We love you. You can leave us a review, too, if you'd like. I, I mean, I'd like it. Or just share it with a friend. Whatever. I just... If you know someone that, that could that could that could va- get some value out of this, share it along. All right. When you hit your next roadblock, when your arse starts to singe from the fire, just remember, you're not alone. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>